Hello and welcome to Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction brought to you by the Modular Building Institute. Welcome everyone. My name is John McMullen and I'm the marketing director here at MBI. Today I'm talking with Ken Lowney, president and CEO at Lowney Architecture. Ken is here to talk about his firm's work on the new multi-story Moxie Hotel in downtown Oakland. Ken, thanks for being here. John, it is a pleasure. I love talking about modular. Excellent. So thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Well, you're very welcome. Thanks for being here. So um, tell me about yourself, Ken. What's your background and what drew you to architecture in the first place? Uh, let's see. I grew up in Palo Alto, California, which is now primarily known as sort of the center of the universe for tech and software design. But back then it was a sleepy, you know, Stanford University suburb. Um, and I, my father is an engineer. He had an engineering company. Um, so, and I worked for him for many years through high school and college. So I kind of got the idea of two things. One, I wanted to have my own company and two, to be a, a, some kind of professional service provider, but I had slightly more artistic inclinations. Um, so I ended up being an architect. You know, my, I was lucky enough to be, do a lot of travel growing up in Europe and Central and South America. Um, and, and subsequently Asia. So just part of my looking at different cultures has been through their built environment. So looking at their cities, looking at their buildings and their architecture. And so that, you know, that really spoke to me. So that's that, um, that sort of, as either that or, you know, my first degree is in philosophy. And so I'd always joke, I'd be a lawyer, uh, <laughs> but <clears throat> I don't want to be a lawyer. Uh, I married one and she doesn't want to be a lawyer. <laughs> So anyway, I'm an architect now and very, very happy for it. Although I have to say, since I, I have about 50 employees, I don't do a lot of architecture. I do a lot of contract writing, negotiation, business development, um, things like that. But still, I enjoy it. Well, good. Tell me about uh, your experience with modular design. What, when did that begin and... Um... What did, what did modular design bring into your portfolio? Yeah, it happened like most things in life. It was just an opportunity and I took it and I didn't realize how good it was going to be, frankly. Started off and it was, uh, so it was a small 23 unit project in San Francisco for the great developer, Patrick Kennedy of Panoramic Interest uh, with Panko Builders. And with a now defunct factory called Zeta Communities uh, in my firm, Lowney Architecture, we, we did the, it was the first one. So uh, it, I think Girden had done something in the South Bay and it didn't come off very well. Hmm. Um, just, and that was a, a phasing issue, not a Girden issue. And so it was, Modular was just new, right? So it was the first one in San Francisco, the second one in the greater Bay Area. And so it was sort of a bunch of firsts for us. It was design, build, delivery. It was all Revit. You know, we use Revit. All the engineers, engineers use Revit. The, the contractor used Revit. The factory used Revit. So we had one model we all worked on, passed it around, and, and developed it. So that was great. Um, and we built this little building with, you know, a rain screen on it. It was a slab-on-grade building, zero lot line, built in four days. And uh, it was very successful except that we didn't really know how to, how to bid it. So we lost money. The contractor lost money. The engineers lost money. I think that the developer, eventually he made money. Hmm. Um, but 
I, we there were tours given for months and months afterwards, and there was so much interest in in modular and and what it, the possibilities. Just there's another way to build a building it was kind of like mind blowing for people. It's like, what? Are you kidding me? We don't have to do it the same stupid way every time, and and um, and so that sort of tsunami, if you will, that excitement that that momentum of people be, being hungry to do something better and different has continued you know and i'm doing i, I give a lot of talks in modular I, i'm on a lot of panels and you know there's a lot of hype there's a lot of you know talk 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 there's a lot more talk than action because we don't have enough factories i mean as a percentage of what we actually do is there's not that much of what is built is modular unfortunately but we need to do more so getting back to anyway so this this one little teeny project was the first one we did and then that sort of set it off for us we we put all our chips on the table and went after modular and you know we worked with Geardon on their first type three project five over two in sacramento and then started working with you know a lot of affordable housing developers um and you know for-profit developers and you know now we've sort of spread through all you know usual suspects factories in boise idaho um, done, you know, work with, you know, CIMC, um, even some European factories. Um, and uh, we've done most of the work out of Factory OS in Vallejo here, just in near California. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, been for just as a business, it's been a great differentiator for us because now we've done built 20, you know, complicated multi-level modular projects. And so, you know, an experience, another experienced architect might have done one. And so like we we it's just wonderful great just great for us you know even though we've had a lot of you know, success is a terrible teacher and the good thing about modular is that there's a lot of teaching that goes on <laughs> uh, so there's always something we learn on our project but nonetheless generally projects come out great and people are satisfied that they they did modular every now and then we do there's something that happens that we wish didn't happen but you know, we move forward and, and uh, we learn our lessons. So anyway, it started with a small project and now we're working with all the big nonprofit affordable housing developers in the Bay Area and um, a lot of uh, market rate developers. Well, you mentioned projects that have turned out great, which is a, a great segue. Uh, let's talk about the Moxie Hotel in Oakland. Uh, it's a beautiful building. Uh, I believe you guys won an award for it at MBI's recent Awards of Distinction contest. So congratulations on that. Thank you very much. It was fantastic. We felt very pleased with that. Good. Uh, I also believe it, this is uh, Moxie's first modular hotel. Is that right? I believe so, but I don't know that for sure. Okay. Let's yeah. just let's claim it's true. Let's claim it's true. Let's okay. claim it's true. <laughs> uh, with that footnote. How did how did your firm get involved in that project, and, and what were your initial thoughts? So, you know, just how architects get work is somewhat shrouded in mystery. You know, partially it's you get work from previous clients, you get work from cities or contractors or developers. I mean, it's ultimately a developer that hires you, but how do you get in the position to be hired? So in this particular instance, it was through the broker who was selling the property to a developer brought me in and then we sort of um, took it from there. We partnered with uh, the, the and, and that developer partnered with another developer and that developer brought in another architect, which at first was doing a lot and ended up doing not very much. Hmm. So um, we were the design architect and the modular architect for the project. And um, it, 
it it's great in a lot of ways. I mean, it's it's a obviously it's an infill project. Um, and there's no parking, so one of the, that's one of the great things about it as far as making it economical. You don't have to build a parking structure, so it makes the rooms a lot cheaper. Um, and the main thing from the city of Oakland standpoint was not that the building had to be built with a union contractor, but that the hotel had to be operated by union members. And so mm -hmm. once the client agreed to that, then it was all downhill. Of course, you know, cities love hotels because of the tax revenue. And just from a business development standpoint, now that it's built and humming along and looks great, it's great advertising for us that we're getting more and more work from that one building. So it's been it's been great for us. And more and more interviews. Here we are. Yeah, and more and more. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so tell me about the design process for this hotel. I imagine Moxie gave you some some idea of what they wanted. I'm sure Oakland had some thoughts since uh, this is right in their downtown district. Uh, what other parameters did you have and, and how did you incorporate everything? So Moxie is definitely has a, a specific idea of what they want. So it's definitely sort of a younger crowd. Um, the, they're, they're very small units. You know, they're, every single one is a, is, is a single, you know, there's a double bed and there's no closet. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, that's, so you hang your clothes on the wall. There's a wall with a bunch of pegs on it. You hang your pants or your dress or whatever on that. And then um, there's a nice bathroom, but it's pretty uh, bare bones, sort of high design bare bones. Um, the, and all each room has a what I would say is an over, has an oversized window compared to normal rooms. So you feel, even though the room is small, it feels quite expansive. Right. Um, and so it's it's all it's just for really forward thinking younger folks. And so that the decor of the room sort of uh, reflects that, and the size of the room, as I said. So it's really not. It's really about being. You know, either in the bar below or the restaurant. There's a there's a adjacent restaurant that's part of the project, or out of the city, walking around. So it's not really about being in your room and watching TV. It's about being in that location. And mm -hmm. you know, it's right it's right where you know a monthly arts fair happens, and there's a bunch of great restaurants and several theaters. So it's in a very good location. Cool. Uh, and this hotel is a hybrid project. I think it was five levels of modular rooms over two stories of site built space. Uh, right. How did that affect your design? And are there yeah. any general guidelines you follow when designing hybrid buildings versus those that are completely modular? So I would say 85% of the buildings we do have a podium, which is, you know, it's, it's that mm -hmm. concrete structure that one or two levels and you've got the manufactured boxes on top. So I, most of our buildings are, are like this. So we're pretty used to the coordination that has to happen, you know, between the site built portion um, and the factory build portion. Uh, yeah, so you know the rules of thumb are you have to just remember that you know every box, every six-sided box has six sides, which have depths and dimensions. So if you you put that box on top of a podium, your 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 floor level isn't the podium level; it's this new artificial extra bump. Um, and so, I mean, it's it's just your stairs are a little bit longer, and your you know, manage your elevator stops differently. But other than that, it's it's pretty much the same um, as a regular construction for a building. Um, we on on the Moxie, it, it was the, it was the builder's first time doing modular, so there were a couple hiccups. 
Um, one of them was locating the embeds that were to take the, the modules on the top, there's a two level podium. So the embeds to accept the modules were in the, every one was in the wrong location. Oh no. Right, so just figuring that, so, so that would mean that the, 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 the lines of the walls which and the, and the structural um, resistance wouldn't line up, the plumbing wouldn't line up, I mean, the building just wouldn't work. So, right. Um, that was a little bit of a hair raising moment for the builder. So, I mean, the drawings were right, but it was just, a, you know, how it happened, we don't know. But uh, we managed to get make it through that and um, and, and get, get the building, you know, the site. So obviously in the podium, the rooms that are in the podium are site built and the rooms that are above the podium are manufactured in the factory. Well, you, you just uh, described something that, that didn't quite go according to plan. What did go according to plan? What happened that really worked on this project, do you think? Hotels are great for modular because you really want everything in the box delivered and you don't want people going in and out, coursing around with, you know, FF and E stuff. Mm -hmm. And so they arrived with very um, interesting, complicated beds that had drawers and shelves in it. And um, that came off great, right? They were built, in the, they were built, installed in the factory. And that was, that was wonderful. Um, so the quality is there. And just so that the, the separation between the rooms is very, it's all about privacy, right? You've got double walls. And so that works out quite well. And I would say also that we, for the first time, used a cementitious cladding. So it looks, it's, it's, a, it's a ceramic tile finish. And I mean, from some angles you can see, actually I'd never seen it before. One of my colleagues said, oh, I've seen these little kind of waves in the, in the it's, it's, you know, seven story building. Mm -hmm. But I, I've been surprised when I've been up close in the building looking for imperfections. Because often, you know, with wood boxes, it's not, I mean, they don't, they're not perfect, right? So you have to do some shimming and whatnot. But the, the, the surface of the finished wall came out beautifully. Hmm. Um, so the contractor did a great job. The subs did a great job. It looks, it's a simple form of the building, but it has a very kind of luscious material. And if it had been kind of lumpy and waving around, it would be less, you know, appealing. But it just, I think that came off great so that, says so kudos to nashua the builder um, and kudos for uh um, suffolk who stacked it uh and got got all the boxes in the right place so that that turned out great well it is it is definitely a beautiful building one of the features i love is the big moxie sign it looks like there's a maze uh, yeah. on like the the front of the building which is very distinctive and very cool um Question for you, did you have to factor in the weight of that sign or? or, or... No, it's very light. It's, really? Okay. It's, 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 it looks heavy, but it's, 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 you know, just lightweight bent metal. It's, you know, painted. Oh, okay. It does look very yeah. good. That, what's great about the building is that roof deck that faces Telegraph Avenue. So the, on the, you go up, you go in, it's a nice bar, and then you can go to the next level and you, there's outdoor seating, there's ping pong tables, you can order drinks and food up there. And the cost of that outdoor deck from a looking at it just from the modular standpoint mm -hmm. was zero. Mm -hmm. So once it was determined that we had a saw box, four or five modules to make the building turn into an L, we could we, we realized we could slide that short leg up and down the length of the long leg and there'd be no no cost, right? There'd be no additional saw boxing or anything. So like, huh, we can push it back a little bit and get this great uh, outdoor space 
and not you know penalize the cost or efficiency of the factory or the stacking or the design in any way. So that was a great realization that was we had. Good thinking. Uh, was there any part of the process that really challenged you? No, no, not really. Uh, but I, I, so one of the challenges for the project was, you know, the you know, I would say that ideally for a project like this, it has 170 keys, <laughs> I recall. Uh, so it's five over two. Ideally for a project like this, you would stack, you know, 10 to 14 boxes a day. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, in this instance, we, we, we were only able to stack one box a day. Oh, no. Yeah. So, so that was very, so that was, you know, partially a learning curve, partially circumstantial. You're in a major, you're in a downtown, but so that was, that, that hurdle, you know, slowed down the project a lot mm-hmm. but I, I would say that was kind of the, the 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 biggest takeaway is you know do do what you do best and so there's companies that stack modules right like a process right um and so better to have someone like that do it than to try to do it yourself and so there like there are some great examples of uh builders in the bay area that that do it themselves but um uh, it's yeah that was that was the the from a project level s- standpoint from the that would be the w- one thing even more the than the embed issue was the stacking one box a day you, so w- when you think of modular you think oh it may maybe you don't save a lot of money but it's faster right <laughs> so in this instance it it was less expensive but it was just because of the the method that was that they used it was slower so anyway next time of course it would be faster but you know there's always a learning always a learning but in the end of the day you got a beautiful looking building and absolutely um, and some and some happy clients i'm sure yeah. uh, before yeah. i let you go i'm curious uh your firm has been doing modular projects uh modular projects big modular projects for quite a while now uh how have you seen modular designs evolve in that time? Uh, you know, since your very first project that you mentioned at the top of the show to, to the Moxie, uh, how, have, how have designs evolved? And not just the physical design, but the methodology of the design. What trends are you seeing and what's yeah. coming next? So there is, from a business standpoint, there's a great opportunity to crack the code on reducing the cost of construction. That plus the opportunity or the crisis, if you will, the housing crisis in the Bay Area, California, generally. It's just, it takes, there was, I read an article that takes three or four minimum wage jobs, that's $15 an hour to Mm -hmm. be able to afford a house in California now. So it's insane, right? Right. Uh, And so the 10 years ago, there was one factory in California. And now, I mean, we're talking to you know five or ten factories that are either headquartered here, maybe they have, they have a factory in, in Mexico, or they've got multiple locations, and there are people are trying to print buildings. We've got people using panelization, and uh, what uh, what I've seen is so the, the first wave of people coming in thought that you know people that were in the modular industry already, or people that were in construction already, were somehow missing the mark, and they were. I don't know. Said I wouldn't say that they thought we were stupid, but they thought that certainly, you know, they were so good at 
solving things in the internet and creating new uh, new worlds that way that they could just raise some capital and open a factory and and kind of uh, invent a new way of building without really understanding building. So as it turned out, like companies like Katera um, certainly blew it. I mean, my favorite mark remark from one of the former Katera executives was they miss they misunderstood uh, the complexity of field conditions which of course that's all construction is is one field condition after another and so there's i'd say there a bunch of there's more and more people coming into the space trying to solve uh, manufactured housing from multi-level big projects in different ways you know wood i5 metal panel volumetric even printing as i just said so that that is some that sort of ecosystem of entrepreneurship trying to solve this problem is super exciting and is and it's going to yield something we don't know what it is you know and so some of these companies only work for themselves you know they're developers also some are provide third-party boxes um, and so the more that we use this ecosystem the more um, it's proven again and again and again the more widely adopted it'll be but right now i mean so there's this, we're at a tipping point where, where a lot of people see the risk of modular doesn't make up for the reward that you might get. But then there's a very vocal, strong minority who's saying, you're out of your mind. Cost of construction is going crazy. Union labor is boxing us in. We have This is the only way out. So I think more and more we're going to see these. some of these factories will fail and some of these factories are going to come up with this wonderful delivery method uh, and push modular forward uh, into other other ways of building that we just haven't seen before so i'm looking forward to that uh and so there's a, there's so many factories that are just popping up that's the great new thing is mm -hmm. people are taking a risk the business risk and really uh, going for it so given that there's been so much uh invention and innovation uh all these new ways of building in the past few years what would you say to a designer to an architect who's coming in and discovering modular, wanting to do modular offsite construction, any of the types of construction you've mentioned, what would you say to that person um, to get them going? What advice would you give? Well, gosh, it's one of those things where um, work for someone that has done it before. So that's the that's the main thing. There's there's enough that's different about it that it's worth going through one on and then uh, the, you know it's you know the dual permitting um, and then the, the sort of the, the forward review of construction even though you're it's everything everything is just much, so much more accelerated in a different order than mm -hmm. cycle construction so I would say intern or work for an architect that's done it before and what's Would coming you, up um that's good advice. That's good advice. What's coming up for, for Lani Architecture next? What's next for you personally, for your firm? Uh, are you working on anything fun? Yes. What am I working on now? So uh, Modular really opened the door for my firm for hotels. And so it's, you know, we're, we most of the modular work that we do is multifamily. Uh, and it's, it's sort of the bulk of it. But the past, oddly enough, it really accelerated in the pandemic and sort of modular has given us, again, this competitive advantage. Hotel developers and, and, and the flags themselves are, of course, interested in saving money and in quality. 
and modular does that in spades. So not all of our hotels end up being modular, but a mm -hmm. lot of them do. And that is something that is uh, really exciting and gratifying. And so that, that whole market opened up for us because of modular. And so we're very happy about that. Um, I mentioned, I think, I don't know if I mentioned, we have an office in Honolulu, in Honolulu, and so we work in all the islands in the state of Hawaii, and they pretty much have the same market profile and scarcity of resources and, you know, income issues and uh, lack of affordable housing, and they don't really have any modular, is, just hasn't really even started there. Hmm. And so we're starting to talk to builders who are, we're, we're actually helping set up a factory right now for a builder, which is exciting. I'm working on some very large projects where the client is talking about, huh, this is so big. There's like 2000 units. It's big enough that it might make sense for us to actually build a factory or work with the factory to get, you know, either on the islands or mainland to you know, start thinking, thinking in a different way to deliver housing. So that, you know, and then, and of course, working with the unions to, to solve that. So that is really exciting. So the more people that adopt modular, the more people that are willing to, you know, roll up their sleeves and make it work, um, the better it's going to be for everyone, you know, and we're not, we're, certainly we're not going to solve our housing crisis. I mean, the United States is like two and a half million house, you know, houses short, housing units short. So more than that, I that's, think, yeah. That, that, that's going to, it's, so we need to, the, the idea of manufactured housing um, is here and we have, we have to just start to implement it to, to solve our problems. So. Well, it's a very, uh, very exciting uh, project for you, Hawaii, beautiful location. Um, maybe you can talk to our uh, board of directors about opening an office in Honolulu. I'm sure the MBI staff would not mind. Um, I know you're busy before I let you go. I'd be remiss not to mention our upcoming events. Uh, MBI is hosting its next World of Modular next spring in Las Vegas. Uh, and we're sponsoring a, an offsite construction expo in Denver next month. Any chance you're attending either of these? No, I'm not only am I attending, but uh, I'm speaking at certainly at the offsite one in Denver. We've got our talk proven I'm, and I'm hoping to speak at the, the one in Vegas too. Fantastic. Well, then yeah. I, will, I will see you at those, I hope. Yeah, of course. Excellent. Well, Ken, I really appreciate your time today. It's been a pleasure. It's great to talk to you as always. I look forward to seeing you uh, next time I see you, either in Denver or Vegas. Yeah, absolutely, John. Have a great day. Get out there and enjoy that sunshine. I will do my very, very best. My name is John McMullen, and this has been another episode of Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction. Until next time.